Welcome to the Kenza Pod, brought to you by the Kenza Collective, a platform designed to teach parents how to leverage their existing skills and network to create a successful freelance business. On this podcast, we bring you inspiring stories from other parent entrepreneurs, and we share pro tips to help you build a sustainable business so that you can create a life and a living that truly works for your family. Hey there, welcome back to the Kenza Pod. This is Tiffany Jones, Kenza Collective CEO and co-founder. And this is the third part in our series about client management. So if you haven't listened to the first two, I would really recommend doing so. In the first one, we talked all about the importance of that discovery call and how you can ask really specific questions to help you fill out your proposal. We even include a Google Doc that uh, has a discovery call agenda and a proposal building template um, that has all the key questions that you should be asking in all eight sections of your proposal. And it's completely for free for you. Um, I will link that in the show notes here for you. Uh, In the second episode, we went over how to build up that like, know, and trust factor with your clients using emotional intelligence. And this is going to help foster repeat business and word of mouth referrals. And also just help you have a really nice relationship with your clients and have a good time working with them, of course. So in this final episode, I want to talk to you about how to properly wrap up a project and also how to look for opportunities for future work with your client ahead of time so that uh, you can just, if you choose, if you want to continue working with this person and you have capacity and all that kind of stuff, um, to hopefully go right into the next project with them. So let's talk about project wrap up. So this is a point where um, it's really easy to sort of wrap a project up, get them their files and just be done. Sometimes by the end of a project, you're just sort of ready to be done with it, um, depending on what it was and how long it took and all that kind of stuff. But I find that it's really important to not discount the end of a project and to really take the time to make sure that you tie it up in a nice pretty bow. And not only that, it's important to wrap it up on time. So if you scheduled out a six to eight week project, Um, You don't want the wrap-up portion of it to be happening in week 9, 10, or 11 because that just leaves the door open to scope creep and to just continuing to drag this project out that needs to be done because time is money, my friend. So, you know, hopefully when you wrote your proposal out, you went over the details of how things are going to be delivered. So almost no matter what you do, there's going to be deliverables, whether, you know, it's artwork or design or copy or a plan or a document or whatever it is, you're going to have something or a set of things that you want to deliver to them. And, or, um, you will have collected a, in my case, I use Google drive. A lot of, I have a Google drive folder for each one of my clients. And in there, we have a lot of documents that we've created throughout our time together. And all of that stuff, I want to hand over to them and not be responsible for it. Even if it's stuff that you think is like irrelevant by the end of a project, like let's say it was a website and you guys made a site map and now the website's done. You might think like, why do they need the sitemap? It doesn't matter. It's all work that you did. They paid you for. You need to hand it over to them. So what I recommend is at least two weeks out from the end of a project, um, maybe three, but two, you know, is probably fine. Um, you want to start talking about this stuff. So you're going to want to confirm um, everything that they're expecting and say, you know, I'm starting to get stuff wrapped up, get things ready to go for you. Um, just to confirm these are the deliverables I'm going to be handing off to you. I'm also going to be downloading a zip file of our Google drive folder. So you have all that information in case you ever need it. And then once I hand it off to you, you know, it's all your, you know, it's your responsibility to sort of have those files and I won't be able to guarantee that I have them if you happen to need them a year from now or something like that. 
Um, you want to make sure you say that. I mean, you want to make sure that's in writing. It should be in your contract, it should be in your proposal, and then verbally you'll want to state it. Maybe you can follow up in an email. <laughs> I know that this is, um, well, it sounds like overkill, but you'd be surprised at how many times I've seen clients come back around and say, hey, could you, uh, you know, especially when I was working in an agency, somebody we worked with years ago, could you guys send me those logo files? And we have to like, unarchive something on our server and go digging around and get it to them and they're not paying you for that and so anyway I digress so you're gonna want to create a situation where you're going to have a clean handoff of all of the files even if you're gonna continue to work for them wrap this project up give that stuff to them and then you know be done with that particular project another thing that I like to do as a project starts to wrap up is I like to look back through the history of the project and kind of make a bulleted list of all the things we've accomplished together. So, you know, this could take some time, a little, you know, a little bit of time. You go back, if you use a project management software, um, you may look at all of your tasks that have been checked off. Maybe you kind of sort through some emails or whatever it is you need to do. I always find what's really nice, it's a really nice touch to do a little write-up of everything you accomplished during the course of the project, especially if it's a longer one or something that's more complicated. It's nice to remind the client everything that you guys did together. And oh, another good place to look might be meeting notes. You could look at meeting notes and decisions that were made there to kind of pull this information. You can also, if you're super organized, keep a list of like a running list of this going throughout the project and that would make your life a lot easier. Um, but if not, that's fine too. And so what I like to do is with my final invoice, I will attach it to the email or however you send invoices. Um, and I will write a really nice email that's like, you know, full of gratitude and full of just um, a lot of praise. So we'll talk about, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity to do this project with you. I'm so excited about everything we were able to do together over the last seven weeks. Um, we were able to do this, 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 and this. We got to make this key decision. We got to create this beautiful web page or whatever it is. Just list it all out. And this isn't about like, tooting your horn at, at all really it's just about like the collaborative process you and your client went through and all the great stuff you were able to do together um and you're not even necessarily looking for like anything out of this other than like hey wasn't it cool to go through this um another thing that you might do is put together a little short survey that you could send to your client after all is said and done it's just like some feedback about you know how it was to work together. Was there anything that you felt like um, I could improve upon on my process? Did you ever feel like you know you weren't feeling informed on what we were working on? Or I don't know. Come up with your own set of questions, and it can be custom for each client. And then give them a little box that's like, if you feel comfortable providing a testimonial, I would be really grateful for that. I talk a lot about the importance of getting testimonials from your clients, or even if you don't have clients yet, um, reaching out to past colleagues or past bosses or mentors, anybody you've worked with to get testimonials. Because, you know, us humans, we want to see that someone before us, someone went before us and had a great experience somewhere. I mean, why do you think Yelp is so popular, right? And reviews are so popular. I mean, we all know this. Reviews are incredibly important and they have a lot of weight. And so if a potential client is looking at your website or your LinkedIn and they can see all these, you know, uh, recommendations from past clients or past people you've worked with showing that you're a good, you know, cool person to work with and you're super talented, um, they're going to choose you over someone who has none of that. And it may not even necessarily be a conscious choice. So that's another thing you might think of, um, think of for this project wrap up is to send a little survey and a request for a testimonial. Um, so that could go a long way for you. Ultimately, what I, the point I'm trying to get across here is that you should start wrapping up a project, at least depending on the project, two to three weeks out so that when you hit that 
that timeline marker, you know, let's say this was a six to eight week project. When you hit, when you're done with the project, you're done with the project and you don't have your client emailing you three weeks later, like, Hey, can you send me the file that we worked on that one time? Like, nope, you have all of that. Um, and just make sure you're in agreement on how they want that delivered. For example, if they don't use Google drive, you would probably download a zip file of the drive folder and hand that off to them. Um, if they do use Google drive, you can transfer ownership to them and then they would truly be in control of that file, that folder, and you wouldn't even have it anymore. So be careful with that. If you want something out of there, um, make a copy of it first, but you know, just talk through these things with them. That's all I'm trying to say here. Okay, so let's get to the fun part of this episode, which is not that the rest hasn't been absolutely enthralling, but you know, um, which is about how to look for future opportunities for, to work with this client after your current engagement ends, or even if there's an overlap or whatever. So if you're enjoying working with this client and you think they could be a good long-term fit, maybe throughout the engagement, you've noticed problems in their organization that you think you can solve or projects that you think you could take on, um, I hope that you've been jotting those down and if not, you should start now, write those opportunities down and what you can do is maybe two weeks out or something say, Hey, I would love to have a, a conversation with you about some of the ways that I think I can continue to help you guys um, moving forward. And what you can do is just put together, not a full project proposal for each thing. Like let's say you've identified three projects or something that you think you could take on for them. Um, for example, one time I was working with an organization and um, I was helping to manage a project for them. And I realized that they don't use any sort of project management software within their team and that they could really benefit from that. I could just see that the communication on their team was just sort of lacking. It could have been better organized. And so I pitched them on it. Um, we were getting close to the end of our project and I said, Hey, you know, basically said this, I noticed that, you know, this is something that might be really helpful for you guys. I'd love to get you on Asana. I was thinking that maybe it would be helpful if I could, you know, get it all set up, get it organized and train your team, get them onboarded, blah, blah, blah. Kind of just walk them through at a very high level, how I could see that project going. And they loved it. They were like, Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Could you please do that? Yeah. Get us a cost. And so what I'm saying is that, you know, your clients, you need to remember, typically have a lot on their plates and you are just sort of one piece of the overall puzzle that they are trying to put together. And so if you can take away the responsibility from their plate or the time or energy or whatever, take it upon yourself to make the move to keep going in this relationship, um, you might be surprised at how many times you get extra work out of that and you're able to continue on with that. And especially if you're doing it ahead of time. So I have this awesome thing, uh, it's a freebie on the website, kenzacollective.com called the capacity planning tool. And it's just basically a spreadsheet that, and I kind of, it's like a, a little mini series where I walk you through how to fill out, um, how to project the workload that you're going to have. So you can see when you're going to have like a lull in your schedule, whether you want to fill that with more work or whether you want to go on a vacation or something, you just can see it and make plans for it goes a little bit more deeper than that, but, um, check it out. It's, it's really handy. I use it in my own personal life and I think it might be helpful for you. It's called the capacity planning tool. If you go to the courses page on our website, uh, you'll be able to find it there. It's free. So, um, what you can do is get out ahead of this. And when you're seeing a pro project start to wrap up, you can take it upon yourself to make that move. And the point I was trying to make is that your client is not thinking in the same way you are. 
you know, they're not saying, oh, this project with this person is going to wrap up in two weeks and I would love for them to keep working with me. So I better get out ahead of that and think of the things that I want them to keep doing. And, you know, they're just not thinking about it that way generally. So if you can get out ahead of that and propose to them the things that you think could help solve some problems for their organization, make their life easier, make them look good, all of those things, um, you will land a lot of projects that way. And if you time it properly, you can roll right into that new project um, with this client seamlessly. So it's going to save you the hassle of having to find more work, having to find a new client, and it saves, saves them the hassle of having to solve yet another problem. And since you both uh, presumably enjoy working together, then this is just, you know, a win, 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 win all around. So I just really encourage you to think about that concept and to not be afraid to pitch projects to your clients versus waiting for your clients to ask you to do something. Um, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you know, we probably do need that. That's just not something we're interested in at that, this time. You know, that's fine. No problem. You still have that out in front of them. So if and when they do want to do that, they can come back to you. I just, I don't see a downside to doing something like that. So hopefully that's a strategy that you can start to implement in your business. And lastly, the last little pro tip I want to show, share with you about this is that you know, kind of no matter how, you know, if you see yourself continuing to work with this client or not, you always want to show gratitude to them for placing their trust in you and for placing their money, you know, in you. Because, you know, think about it, if this is a small business owner and they're paying you to do a project, um, and, and, and really no matter the size of the business, but specifically a small business owner, you know, them parting with their hard-earned money to hire you to do something you know, that can feel really scary and overwhelming. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of feels that go into that. And I know that personally. And so I always like to put together a handwritten thank you card and maybe even a little personalized local gift. Um, sometimes I'll do a little research on the area they live in and maybe find like a cute little coffee shop or just something that's local to them and do a little gift card for them and send it out. Um, it's just such a great way. I talked about in the last episode here about finding ways to delight your clients, to go above and beyond, to stand out from the crowd, to show them that you're different, that you're serious, that you're a professional. And this is just one of those ways that you can do that, um, is to send them a nice little thank you note, nice little gift card or gift. Sometimes I've sent them, um, like flowers from a local flower shop, if, um, if that's applicable or just other little things that you can do. Yeah, it's going to take time and it's going to take some thought and maybe even a little bit of money, but that small investment, you would be surprised at how far that can go again to foster that long-term relationship and to foster word of mouth referrals. All right. I hope that this three-part series on client management was really helpful and that it inspired you to really evaluate how you're managing your clients and to pay attention to the nuance that's in here. Remember that they're human too. Get to know them on a deeper level. Understand where they're coming from. Look for ways to delight them. Ask the right questions from the outset of the project so that you can put together a proposal that gives you all the framework and the boundaries to work within so that then you can just have the freedom to actually do the work you're doing and not have to be dealing with what I like to call preventable stress. You know, at the end of the day, remember that your clients have a lot going on. So your, your role, yes, is to accomplish what you said you would, but make their lives easier. Try to make them look good. Stay true to your word. Do excellent work. Go above and beyond where you can. Be the expert and bear, be the leader for them and really show them that you are serious about this work. 
if you can put all of this together and really start to pay attention to this nuance, I can almost guarantee you that you will very rarely have to go out and look for new clients. You're either going to have long-term clients who will find anything to keep you around, which I've had before. Um, you will find referrals coming at you. Um, and you will uh, have clients that work with you for engagement. They maybe move on to something else and they come back around wanting to work with you again. And that is a really great place to be in. Um, so anyway, I hope this was helpful for you. Um, in our next episode, you're gonna hear from Chase Andre, who is a communications professor and a marketing professional. And he's gonna be talking to us all about how to effectively and confidently communicate with your clients. So we talk about some common um, you know, conversations. So like pitching your proposal, uh, leading a meeting. Sometimes that can be kind of scary, especially if you've never really done that before. Um, especially if you're leading a meeting with like, you know, five of the executives on the call or something and you're presenting something, I don't know. Um, so we're going to be talking through all of that. We're going to be talking about, um, how to present your work and how to show up and present your work, how to have tricky kind of awkward conversations. And Chase is just such a delight to talk to. He's so much fun. The conversation was really great. So I hope that you're able to check that out. It will be available uh, next Thursday. Until then, I hope you have a really awesome day and I hope to connect with you on one of our social media platforms. We're at Kenza Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and in Clubhouse. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there. Have a good one.